Hey everybody, Ben here from the Bono Podcast, and we've got breaking news. Today is the day we've all been waiting for. It is the November 2021 FAQ update for Blood Bowl, and there are some pretty big changes in here. Generally, good for the game. There's a couple of star players whose prices have changed. There's some tier listings that have changed. Some rules have been clarified, and a couple of things have been nerfed. So let's delve in to how Blood Bowl looks now. So we're going to start off with a couple of top changes and uh, they've changed Hackflem and Morg. None of the rules have changed but their cost has. So Hackflem has gone up from 180k to 210k so an extra 30k and Morg has gone up from 340 to 380. So what they've done is they've read the meta okay everybody has been very loud about Hackflem and Morg being the top two star players. Okay I personally think Griff kind of sneaks in there at third but I think Griff is fine. Hackflem, if you guys have been watching the Bonehead Championship, you'll know, does a very good job for not a lot of money. So 210k is an improvement. Personally, I think he's deserving more of 250, but uh, I mean, it is good to see the star players out there, and a 30k change is better than nothing. And Morg going up by 40k, again, that's going to be tough. What we're not going to see now is the Hackflem and Morg combo. Uh, 70k together is actually quite a decent amount of money so i don't think we're going to see that um quite so frequently um i like it i like that they're doing this and if they keep this up and actually they can keep increasing and changing that balance you know we did say this when the 40k one dropped i wonder if we'll see some changes to the blood ball star player costings and they did it and the second top highlight is the teams have changed tier. So there's a tiering change. So we've had three teams demoted from tier one to tier two, and that's humans, orcs, and OWA. So the Old World Alliance were listed in the rulebook as tier one. They've not performed as tier one, and they are being demoted to tier two. So that means if you're going to tournaments and events, you should have access to a little bit more of a skill package. And I think that's really going to help the it's going to help OWA be more attractive. Humans, great team, potentially lost a bit of spice in this edition, as have Orcs. So again, dropping them to Tier 2 to allow a little bit more um, tournament choice is pretty decent. And um, this is interesting. So High Elves and Underworld have been both running in the top five when you're looking at competitive constructed Blood Bowl. And they've both been boosted up to Tier 1. Now, I personally don't know if that means whether we're going to have a high elf update. I think we are. I think they're they're brewing up the high elves to come back in into tier one. Now, they've earned it because they are in the top five. We've got Chaos Dwarves, Dwarves, Underworld, Amazons, and high elves as the top five competitive teams the last time we checked. Now the November FAQ has dropped. Uh, we'll be able to do a, um, a monthly meta next month with a kind of wrap up on how things are looking, but this is a fantastic change. Okay, so let's delve into the commentary here. We're gonna have a look at all the different bits and bobs that have changed. You can go and check out this uh, document. Now, we're only gonna pick up on the magenta ones that have changed this time round. We covered, man, back in May, we covered the last one here. So let's have a look. So uh, first question here. If a team has fewer than 11 available players for a game, are they required to take uh, journeyman up to 11? Yes, they are. Now, that's been a rule forever, so fair enough. Uh, if a player is sent off as a result of too many players, can the coach argue the call or use a bribe to avoid them being sent off? Yes, but if the bribe works, they get put into reserves instead of uh, staying on the pitch. So if you deploy too many players and the dude gets sent off, you can argue the call, but they'll get put into reserves instead of remaining on the pitch. So you can't just... Leroy Jenkins it with all your players on there. Um, when a team sets up. So this one is actually pretty big. 
So when a team sets up additional players on the pitch as a result of the swarming trait, so you're playing against Underworld, you're playing against Snotlings, they use swarming to bring on dudes, and that takes them above 11 players, duh, do they get sent off? No, they go. They don't get sent off. The swarming trait increases the number of players that are allowed on the field, so they are allowed to bring those on. That's a nice bit of clear up here. Um, this one is quite a bit of a... You're going to have to pay attention to this one. This is a nerf for Mighty Blow. So if a player with Mighty Blow makes a block action, chooses both down, do they get to apply Mighty Blow? Now, they no longer do. So this has been a tactic as long as I can remember, especially something like Ogres, no skills, both down, I'll take it, I'm armor 10 plus, and I've got Mighty Blow, so I'm going to get to use Mighty Blow in my turn. That is no longer the case, and we've done this in the Bonehead Championship, so you'll be watching some games and it's just like, you know what, I'll take the both down, I've got Mighty Blow, plus two with a Giant, for example. No longer, as soon as you go down, you lose that Mighty Blow skill as well, so Mighty Blow takes a bit of a nerf there. Uh, there are potentially going to be some softer teams that are quite glad to uh, to take that one. Um, this is quite good too. So if a player chooses and saves up a load of SPP and goes for a random stat upgrade, if they don't want it, it says they can take a double. They can take a, a secondary skill instead. Now the rule is that you can take a primary if you want. So that's going to be really useful for some players where if you save it up enough SPP, uh, you might just want to take block instead if you can't swing something and to end up with a skill you don't want not so great uh, so that's a that's a good boon as well uh, not too worried about biased referee rules there's a few bits in there uh, some foul appearance clarification some um, claws and mighty blow they don't work together that's fine we knew that already uh, when exactly can a player with running pass move after the pass is resolved, after the ball is successfully caught, provided no turnover was necessary? That makes sense. Here we go. We've got some Bombardier updates here. What happens when a player with the Bombardier trait and the safe pass skill fumbles a throw when making the throw bomb action? The bomb will not be dropped and will not explode and the player's activation ends. Can a player with a th uh, bomb throw bomb action still use running pass after throwing the bomb? Yes. So we're starting to see bombers be a little bit more useful now. So you can use running bomb. So you can give a fungus flinger a running bomb. So fire and move. Fire and maneuvement. There we go. We've got some we've got some proper fire team skills in here. You can take both your fungus flinger, throw, move, move, and just absolutely start hooning those bombs down every single turn and be standing better. So I actually think running pass is a phenomenally good skill now. And fungus flingers are gonna go accurate and then running pass to just three plus that quick bomb and then get a free move up. It's not a free move, but it is essentially a free five square move after they've thrown a bomb now. That's huge. Um can the stab trait, this is my favourite for this update, be used in conjunction with multiple block to make two stab special actions? Yes, it can. So on this page alone, we've got bombers who can get running past and we've got assassins now who can take multiple block. Now, multiple block is a, is a secondary skill for dark elf assassins, but it's the dream, right? Being able to just stab, stab is cool and actually... If an assassin survives up to 12 SPP and you take it and you pull it off and you get that situation, it's going to be great. Watch out for that one in tournaments in Constructed. If ever Dark Elves get a double, uh, being able to chuck that on an assassin on your front line, especially with the glut of low armor teams. You know, we said the top five at the moment are uh, Underworld and Amazons are right up there. Snotlings are super popular too. Two guys on the line, two stabs could be absolute carnage. Uh, right. 
Will a prone player that fails its animal savagery still lash out at a teammate? Yes. So that is a huge thing to worry about if you've got some gribbly big guys with claws and things. So watch out for your rat ogre, even when they're on the ground. Again, that's come up in the Bonehead Championship, so those rules, now wrong, which is awesome. Uh, when using the Bombardier trait, can a reroll be used when determining if a bomb that is caught explodes? No. So if you throw a bomb to somebody, uh, they catch it, and then you roll a 4+, plus and it blows up anyway, don't get to use a reroll on that. I think that's fair. Does a player that declared Hypnotic Gaze have to declare the target of the Hypno Gaze when they are activated before they move? Yes. Alright, fine. Um, can a player that has been rooted as per take root use a skill such as pile driver or wrestle in order to place themselves prone and no longer be rooted? Yes, cool. Alright, we're going to see some wrestling pile drivering trees now just to put themselves prone to free themselves up from take root. That's valid. Pile driver is a strength skill, you know. It's valid. That's, that's definitely something that can happen. Uh, biased referees, not too fussed about that. Not too fussed about redrafting. Uh, death zone. Here we go. This is this is the big one here. In a game of Blood Bowl 7s, can the ball be placed in the centre field during the kickoff? Yes. We are making 7s back to normal and I absolutely love that pickup here. Uh, right, let's move through to the errata. Nothing on that page, but a ton on this page. So this is for all of you swarming and underworld players out here. Underworld team, your tier just got boosted to tier 1, so say goodbye to some skills, and swarming has changed too. So Hackflem got expensive, swarming is a little bit tougher, and uh, you've gone up in tier. So here we go, swarming. Swarming players must be set up in their team's half. Come on, guys, we knew that already. Anyway, this is the big bit here. When using swarming, a coach may not set up more players with the swarming trait onto the pitch than the number of friendly players with the swarming trait that were already set up. So if a team had two players with swarming trait already set up on the pitch and then rolled for three more, they could only bring on two. Now, this is huge for both snotling teams and for underworld teams. Snotling teams, you tend to run two trolls, probably a star, maybe a pump wagon, that's four dudes already, a fungus flinger, that's five, two hoppers, that's seven, two uh, stilties, that's eight, nine players. You've probably only got two players on, maybe two who've got swarming anyway. Uh, on Underworld, what you tend to do is bring on those swarming players just as a freebie extra player to babysit the roger. So you are going to need at least one snotling on the ground uh, to be able to bring on another one. That's really interesting. There's a magic. There's a few magic cards that do this, um, and that that does set in. That's that's interesting. You are going to need more snotlings than before. Now they're cheap enough, so it shouldn't be difficult. But they are going to take a place on the pitch, so it's not going to be a free snotling to boost your team anymore. It's going to be run a snotling. It's basically buy one snotling, get one snotling free when it comes to swarming. And if you don't buy a snotling, you don't get one for free. I like that. Hackflem goes up to 210. Morg goes to 380. We've talked about that. Uh, Underworld taking a bit of a kicking in this one, but you know what? They have been sitting at, what, 65% win rate this year, so actually this is going to drop them down to 60 and maybe bring them back in line. Uh, Swarming nerf isn't too bad. Tier 1 nerf isn't too bad. Hackflem nerf isn't too bad. Uh, they probably just got more fair, and that's all we're looking for here in Blood Bowl. You know, Griff is great, but he's fair. Underworld could be fair now. 
Uh, so there's a few death zone clarifications, but a lot of that is to do with uh, making mercenaries, which you're not likely to see very often anyway. There's a special role here. And Blood Bowl 7's setup add the following. When the kicking team kicks off, a touchback will be caused if the ball leaves the pitch or crosses the line of scrimmage into the kicking team's third. So you can kick in the middle of the pitch, you can place the ball in the middle of the pitch, it can land in the middle of the pitch, as long as it doesn't bounce back over your line of scrimmage onto your your third of the pitch you are good to go so sevens is back on track here if the ball lands in a square in the center field no touchback is caused now i'm not gonna lie i love sevens so much but the way the games workshop rules made it really muddy it as it, it's the reason we haven't jumped in and made sevens um content just yet is because we didn't want to have to adhere to the rules as written because that's not the best way to play sevens this corrects it so this puts us back on track so after christmas it's sevens or dungeon bowl haven't decided you guys are gonna have to weigh in on that one and then we've got the tier list here which is pretty big now it doesn't affect anything in league i love the way they've got the teams of legend dudes asterisks that's how we do things as well so that's good double asterisks is for the naf teams not going to see them in this what does tier actually change in league? Nothing at all. Not unless you've got uh, an advanced league system where certain tiers get boosts at the beginning. That's pretty cool. You know what? Some tier 2 leagues get 50k extra. Tier 3 get 100k extra. Just kind of bring some balance into your league. Got to change things up now. Uh, if you do that system, mostly this is going to be for constructed Blood Bowl where you are looking at extra skill packages and things like that. Uh, and in that regard, the high elves are going to get a little bit less, probably going to lose a double. Uh, Underworld, probably going to lose a double skill. Um, humans, Old World Alliance and Orc, you know, I think the OWA is looking for a bit more cash, uh, potentially. Uh, humans are great anyway. Um, maybe some more skills will help them out. Orcs, the same as well. Orcs and human are just great. They're just great. And actually, if this nets them a couple of extra skills, then we're going to see them definitely got a bit more competitive. High elves aren't going to worry too much about losing a skill. Um it's it's fine like four skills is enough for high elves in a constructed event you've got enough to buy your positionals take leader to get around having to buy a reroll and take two dodges on your main dudes everything else is kind of just sprinkles on top so high elves are good to go underworld losing a skill uh if they lose all their doubles for example depending on the format it's going to hurt them because it means their rat ogre won't be getting block uh but actually you know what if the rat ogre has to take brawler instead it's still a great piece Anyway, guys, that wraps up the November FAQ for Blood Bowl. I've got to say, it looks like they fixed some of the stuff that we're worried about. They've kind of corrected two star players that were too cheap. Uh, Underworld have been absolutely storming, and they're linked with the way the swarming rules work. They've kind of fixed that in a way that makes a lot of sense. And uh, the tier changes are, are fine too. And they've said that they're going to be doing the tier changes regularly. Um, here we present an updated tier list, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this will be updated alongside each update to ensure that tiers, uh, the, the tiers each team are in are up to date as accurate as possible. So there you go. Now, what you need to do is go and get in contact with your TOs because if you've got tournaments coming up, they will be updating their rules pack. So we've got Beachhead coming up. I've been waiting for the FAQ to put out the roster um, just because, just in case. And you know what? Worthwhile. So Beachhead roster will go out this week. We've got two months to the tournament, but that can get everyone could get brewing up and feel pretty safe about what we're running now. Anyway, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. I think this is positive. I am feeling very positive about Blood Bowl. Who knew?
Anyway, guys, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back soon with more Bloodborne content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking.